Man up in my city on the roof, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe The Providence College Friars Top for the crossover The reverse Oh, baby The rush the Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Providence Crier Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surratt, Providence Crier. Uh, follow me on Twitter, that's at Providence Crier. Read our blog, theprovincecrier.com. Join with me as always. We have BOC. Follow him on Twitter, at BOC all day. Today is Thursday, February 3rd, and BOC the Friars are kicking off February exactly where we want to be, getting the road victory over St. John's on Tuesday night, uh, the final 86-82. Providence now 19-2 on the season, 9-1 in conference, and it is the best start to the to a fire season since the 72 73 final four team that featured Ernie D and Marvin Barnes BFC dude we are this is a special season I think I mean I think we've realized that for a little bit now but it's becoming more and more clear yeah I, I think um we're in the midst of something special and I was just telling you before we started recording like we really got to enjoy this because it's it's rare it's obviously it's rare what is it 50 years since we had that season, that type of season, that type of start. So uh, they don't come around often. And especially with a program like Providence, we're not a uh, Duke or Kentucky or Kansas where it's pretty frequent to have these type of records. It's uh, it's rare. And I think, um, you know, who cares how much we win by? Winning is winning is winning. And the more we win, whether it's by one or 100, it's been by one recently, we just continue to prove the metrics wrong. And I think it's hysterical. Um, Currently, we're at, what, 49 in Kempom, 48, yes. something like that. So, uh, yeah, who cares, man? I, I'm so pumped. It's so it's like uncharted territory for me as a fan. And, you know, writing about them, podding about them, it's just – it's a blast. So, I, I, I couldn't be happier. Yeah, and, um, you know, I'm certainly happy, but I'm also here putting my hand up about this game. I got it wrong. Uh, you know – the reason why I picked St. John's, I mean, the reasons were obvious in, in the sense that Johnny's really desperate for a win uh, coming into the game, 11 and eight. Um, I believe there were three and five or three and six in conference. Um, they're playing at home at Carneseca, which is a tough place to play. Probably tougher. They were even talking about on the broadcast, probably tougher to play St. John's at Carneseca than it would be to play them at Madison Square Garden. Um and, you know, it's a place that PC has struggled in the past. Mike Anderson had Cooley's number going into this year. I mean, no, no questions about it. And then you look at PC coming off an emotional week, beating two ranked teams, uh, one at the buzzer, the other came down the wire as well. I thought 
the, the Vegas line was stinky. Yeah. And I thought this was just um, a setup for a letdown. However, I should have been smarter, BOC, because here's the deal. Providence's plan this season is to build a lead and then execute down the stretch and close out the game. They might not close it out by 15 points, but they close out the game regardless. And now they are 8-0 and in games decided by five points or less. And I should have, I should have trusted these Friars. These Friars are built differently. And I, I apologize to everyone. Um, man, what a game yesterday. I, at some point, you got to say, like, forget about the metrics. If we're just going to go by metrics, why do we even have people voting? Like, why, do, why don't we just rank the top 25 by whatever metrics we want to use? It's silly. Like, at some point, you need to throw the metrics out the window and say, this team is, this team is really seasoned. They have had long careers in college. They know how to win. They've been in pretty much every single environment. Um, they just know how. They just know how to win, and nothing really phases them. So at, at some point, eight and zero is hey, this team isn't lucky. They're just really good, and they know how to close it out. And you know, we only won by four, but St. John's also hit two really difficult three pointers to keep that margin tight. Like this oh, yeah. easily could have. This easily could have been like a ten to. 13 point victory. Um, so, you know, it was a little bit, you know, quote unquote lucky for St. John's to hit those. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Is- I mean, they shot 33% from three on the night, eight of 24, and they hit two of those threes at the very end <laughs> to make it interesting. So, yeah, yeah. So, and also you get a career game out of Posh Alexander. That might have been one of his best games in a St. John's uniform. He almost had a triple double. He was what, 29 points, 12 assists. 29 points on 13 of 20 shooting like he was he was by far the best player on the court he um but you can only do so much with one player like I think you you had a really interesting comment in the recap it this team reminds me <laughs> reminds me a lot of last year's Friars team it's so true like we would have games last year where Watson would go off for like you know 25 points 10 rebounds and Duke would have a clunker of a game and vice versa and we would lose and we'd be like god we're wasting these massive games I feel like St. John's fans have to feel the same way with like Champagne while the monster game and Posh won't do something. And then Posh had one last night and Champagne was cold. So it's like, you need to have a complete team and they just don't have it. And we do. And it's so nice to be in the latter situation. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't believe I, I fell for the cheese again. Uh, I know, I'm just lured by, I'm just lured by, you know, a, a big, or I know Champagne plays the wing now. But like the bit, the forward guard combo duo, uh, I get sucked into that, and I picked St. John's as two in the conference, and they literally are like, just look at it. It's like identical to what happened to Providence last year. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at. By the way, I'm looking at St. John's, and maybe we'll have a few St. John's fans who can give us some thoughts here if they listen to this podcast. But like, Wheeler looked absolutely incredible last night. Um, and uh, what's his name? Awusu, right? He uh, yep. he came off he came off the bench. Uh, Adi Awusu. He came off the bench and scored ten. I do not know why. Like it would be a perfect fit for them if they slid if they played just small ball and put Wusu in the starting lineup over Soriano. Soriano doesn't bring anything to the court. And I'm not trying to bash on him, but like he no, has what? He's not good defensively. He had zero no, points, he, five rebounds. Yeah. So like. 
And he's also, he's also not a defensive presence against Watson. Like Watson was able to get where he wanted to for the most part. Um, I don't know why they don't start Adewusu with Wheeler and sub out Soriano, because then you're running a small ball line with Champagne, Alexander, Mathis, and those two. And that's a dangerous team. Um, you might as well. Problem is Wheeler's like come along offensively for St. John's as yeah. of late, but I don't, I don't think he's the answer at, at like in terms of interior defense either. So like, I think that's St. John's biggest problem. Um, and, and, you know, they make a lot of silly mistakes and we'll, and we'll get to that, especially with Pasha Alexander, but let's dive into the beginning of the game. You know, it PC comes out. I, I think PC like hit, the, uh, took the lead early, but um the pace at first was like no bueno. <laughs> I, I was, I saw that pace and I, I, I saw that pace and I go, Not again. I, I was like, crap, the crier's right. We're going to lose. But dude, this team just had, finds a way of like taking punches and they're just like, yeah, whatever. I'll just get up off the mat and I'll just go, go on a seven, eight or run. It, it is crazy. But yeah, you, that, that pay, and also kudos to the St. John's fans. And I'm jumping around here, but kudos to St. John's fans. Like that was, a 9 p.m. tip, which is a late tip. Like, th- that place was jumping. That place oh, was yeah, back then. Well, New York doesn't uh, sleep, dude. Yeah. Well, well that's, yeah. That's – what is it? Uh, where are they in Queens? Uh, yeah. But, no, I mean, it's it – was for a 9 p.m. tip, that's pretty impressive. And, I granted, it's a smaller arena. Um, but, yeah, they – pace started out quick, and then they slowed it down. And then towards the end of the game, it started to get frenetic again, uh, which is coincidentally when they came back. But – um. Or did a great job. <laughs> Say it again. I said uncoincidentally uh, that they came back, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it had to do with Province had a lot of turnovers early. Um, mm-hmm. They finished with 13 on the game. And I talked about that a little bit in our recap article. Um, but the Johnnies helped out the Province by having three more. They had 16 on, on the day. Um, I think the biggest key for St. When you're playing St. John's is like, if you're going to turn it over, have it be a dead ball turnover. Cause like you get St. John's in the half half court set and they're just not, they're not as good as they are in transition. So like, if obviously you don't want to turn all, uh, turn the ball over 13 times on the road, but if you're going to do it, have them be dead ball turnovers, make them inbound, make them draw up a set and score on you in the half court. Like that's, that's how you got to look at it. Um, but so, you know, I think the big turning point in this game comes at the end of the first half. Um, and this is where I'm going to get on Posh, my soapbox here, and kind of, you know, while Posh had an amazing game, he made two critical, critical errors in this game. Um, so, Providence. Can I, can, I, can I say something really quick about Posh? Yeah. He gets away with murder. Uh, oh, in terms of region? Really, the whole team does. Even Steph Smith. Yeah. Is... Yeah, Steph oh, yeah. Smith, Mathis. Like, the refs, like, I mean, kudos to Anderson. Anderson's probably like, listen, make them call it on you. And they right. don't call it. There was one point where Bynum was bringing it up, bringing it up um, past half court. And Alexander reached two times, and it was, like, blatant. And they just don't call it. And then there's another play where – um, Bynum gets mugged and he dribbles it out of bounds and they don't call on me. I'm like, guys, you got to call it. Um, but 
Anyway, he's a great defender, but I think he gets away with a lot, which helps him become a great defender, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So um, so the paint the picture here, I mean, obviously most of us watch the game, I assume, but um, Providence is up. It builds an eight-point lead towards the end of the first half. St. John's get a, gets a hoop, gets a stop. Well, actually, Adewusu steals it from Durham, right? And he drives the hole. Durham reaches in, and um, they review it and call it an F1. I mean, soft call, man. Like, he reached in. He might have grabbed his arm a little bit on him going up, but that's like reaching in. That's not like like grabbing a guy by the shoulders as they're trying to go up or anything like that. Like, I didn't find the reach unnecessary at all. Like, to me, no chance that should have been a flavor fell. But it was, so it sets up St. John's here. They're down six, about to go to the line for two, um, and then get the ball back. And now all of a sudden you're thinking like an eight-point halftime lead, you know, maybe we're, it's a two-point game going to the break and John Johnny's have all the momentum. What ends up happening is Eddie Wooster goes one of two from the line. Um, and then uh, St. John's turns it over. Granted, it was a dead ball turnover, but they turned it over, so they, they literally just give away that free possession. Yeah. And then Posh Alexander, inexplicably, just reaches his hand in the cookie jar on Bynum taking a three-pointer with .8 left in the half and fouls him blatantly. Bynum goes line, hits all three, boom, we're back to an eight-point game. I think that was a, the turning point in the game. Had to been. Yeah, it was a <laughs> – for as great as he played, as you mentioned, he, it was a really stupid play on his part. And uh, Bynum knocked them all down. Uh, I was looking at I was looking at some stats, and I, I was trying to figure out, like, besides the close wins, why we're doing so well. Um, pretty interesting stat that we are 16th in the nation overall at free throw attempts, and 13th in the nation in free throws made. So when we're getting we're getting to the line a lot, and when we're getting there, we're making them. So it's like perfect example. That was a microcosm of it. Bynum gets fouled, knocks them all down, and we go from potentially them seriously cutting into the, to the lead at halftime to now we grew the lead. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a critical, critical play. And then, you know, in the second half, um, there was like this frenetic play where, where St. John's had possession and they're, they're kind of throwing all around, deflections, bodies flying everywhere. PC ends up with it. Then quickly, then all of a sudden they turn it right back over. Something that's been a little bit of a theme for the Friars this year. Um, but uh, so they turn it back over and Posh is cherry picking. Okay. If you don't know what yeah. cherry picking is, it's like a tactic that a middle school basketball player would use where you just don't go, get back on defense. So if you get a turnover, you're right there to just lay it in or dunk it in. And so what happens is that that exactly happens. They get it to Posh. He goes in for the dunk to put put them down four, I believe it was. Um, and he does a pull-up on the rim and slaps the backboard. It's like, first of all, dude, you cherry-picked the play. Like, get the hell out of here with slapping the backboard and doing a pull-up. And I, I know people were like, oh, well, like, that's kind of a brutal call. Even McNamara was like, oh, let the kid play. It's like, dude, you know you can't do that. And yeah. to do it off a cherry pick hoop is embarrassing. And what happens? Durham gets a free throw, hits it. So Posh Alexander costs you four points in that game. You'll see, 
How much did the Fires win by? They won. They won by four. Posh, Posh was not the reason why they lost. Okay, fair, but you can't be having those two critical mistakes in the game, in my opinion. No, I no, I agree. I think and, and I, and you are right because at the end of the day, the first one happened in the first half. The second one ha- happened with like seven minutes to play, and the Giants end up taking a lead in this game with like three minutes to play, and we'll get to that moment momentarily. Uh, so, like, obviously, like, it's easy to be like, oh, we cost them four points. They only won. They only lost by four. There's your reason why they lose. Yeah. No. But, like, in a game like that, you just can't. Especially when, like, Champagny's not playing well. You're pretty much the only offense. You can't do those two. You can't just give away three points. And that's what you did. Yep. No, I hear you. Um, but, again, that's, that's why they're not a great team. They make silly, stupid mistakes that you can control, like, Sometimes the, sometimes the opposing team just plays better than you and you can try as hard as you want and they just play better. But when you can control certain things directly and they have a negative impact on your team, it just shows a lack of discipline. And if I were a St. John's fan, I would, I would probably be most frustrated with that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I actually read Zach uh, Brazilers uh, from the Post. Mm-hmm. He, he had an article that was like pretty much bashing St. John's for some of the plays that they made and – Uh, you know, how frustrating of a season it is and how they've had so many, like, I mean, you look at the, when they played UConn at XL or Campbell or whatever it was, they went up one with 1.8 seconds or 4.8 seconds left or whatever after Champagny drills a shot. And then they get, they they foul Adamas Nogo on a rebound scramble play, last play of the game. He hits one of two, it goes to overtime to lose an overtime. So like, the Johnnies got to be kicking themselves this year for sure. Um, do you think? Yes. Do you think there? Do you think there's any shot they can make a run or no? I mean, with the talent, I, I'm going to say yes, just because it's Champagny and, and uh, Posh. Like those guys are just super freaking talented. Champagny's got to figure it out though. It's four straight games with him under uh, in single digit scoring. I believe I read that he had a streak of like. 40, 30 straight games or like 40 straight games in double figures. And yeah. now it's four straight uh, in single digits. So he's got to figure it out. Um, so they're, I mean, they're that next, was critical too. Once again, Providence was able to lock him down. And it wasn't just Manaya I wanted to point out, which I did in the article. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Horkler did a nice job with him too. And like, I think it's a lot easier to defend a guy when he's, when his confidence is low, 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 and yeah, that's what it was for him. He was settling for lost shots. Um, he had a really good look towards the end of the game that, that he missed, and it was like, other than that, though, he was forcing it all night. Um, so, in two games against Providence, Champagny goes for 19 points. He averages about 18 and a half. So, as a Fire fan, you got to love that. Um, yeah, that's crazy. They, their next two games are against uh... – Georgetown and Butler. So things aren't out of reach for them. So they have two more games against Butler. They have a game against DePaul. They have a game against Georgetown. And then the game against Creighton. And then the rest of them are ranked teams. So they, they, they're not out of it. They're another team that I wouldn't want necessarily. I don't know. I wouldn't want yeah. necessarily want to see them in, in the Big East tournament, but who knows? Yeah, I wouldn't either, especially when you go 2-0. Although, 
in the year we won the Big East tournament, um, we swept St. John's three games. We played them in the first game of yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a crazy game too. <laughs> we almost blew that one if you remember. Uh, so I mean, and I'm not trying to take any anything away from Providence in this one. And I know typically we're not always talking about the opposition as much, but I, don't know, I just found, found it fascinating just the way the Johnny's approach to that one. But yeah. um, so let's get towards the end of the game then. Johnny's take the lead. I think they they did it like twice, but they take the lead late, about three minutes left. Providence gets the ball. Bynum, you know, the offense doesn't look good. Ball reaches Bynum's hands, shot clock running low, and he just lets one fly from, like, Curry range. Uh, yep. The broadcast was like, from Brooklyn, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, that uh, was a great line. That was a great line. Yeah. Uh, and Bynum just drills it. Honestly, we've said this about Bynum already this year, but I think this was the best game in a Friar uniform for him. I, I believe he tied um, his season high with 19 points. Um four assists. He was five of eight, extremely efficient, four of five from three, which is huge. And you look at his numbers, all of a sudden that, that, that three point percentage from last year, that grotesque, uh, like 20 something percent is out the window. He seems to be back to being the bottom that we saw in the A-10. Um, well, I, I guess we didn't really see him. We weren't watching him too much. Let's just be we saw We saw his stat line. We saw his box scores. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, he, he was awesome and he hits he, the big shot, and that, that's what pretty much wins it because then Seton Hall, or excuse me, St. John's gets into a free throw matchup or a fouling contest with Providence, and Durham kept getting the ball, kept hitting his free throws, and he ends up with double figures. Uh, Horkler as well, as well as Nate Watson, all in double figures for the Friars. So, another well balanced, great win by the boys. Um, you got anything else on this game? Um, no, nothing else. I think you hit the nail on the head. Balanced scoring. Uh, I'm looking forward to a game where Reeves Reeves goes off and we get like the old AJ Reeves because that's that's going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, and that's going to be exciting. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, agree. I, mean, I think I thought he got some good looks last night. Um, or Tuesday night, and some of them were deep, but uh. You know, they just weren't dropping. But he finishes with five points on one of six from the floor. Did play 20 minutes, so they're slowly working him back in. Um, you know, Watson, once again, big second half against St. John's. I believe he only yep. had one point at halftime. Um, and they made they made a conscious effort to get him involved in the second half, and he rewarded them uh, finishing with – 16 on the night, so 15 second half, five rebounds. Uh, he had a couple big offensive rebounds. Um, got to do some push-ups. He missed a couple free throws, but uh, yeah, we gotta but, get we gotta get him from the start though playing that way. Yeah, sure. Um, obviously easier said than done while while we're recording on our computers, but um, yeah, he's. I mean, second half against Marquette, he was dominant. Second half against St. John's, he would he uh, especially the last couple minutes, he was really strong. We need to get him rolling though in the first half because you know we're not going to be able to always be able to rely on him having monster second halves yeah for sure all right so looking ahead province gets georgetown on sunday looking to sweep them as well just like they did st john's uh, at georgetown 12 p.m tip fs1 
and we will get a preview of that and kind of look at, you know, we're headed towards the home stretch BOC. So we're going to kind of take a look at that game and their, their upcoming games. But first, a quick word from our sponsor at Anchor. All right, welcome back to the Province Crier podcast. All right, BOC. If you remember a few before the Mar- the pod before the Marquette game, I said this was a big four game stretch for the Friars. You know, if they were to go in terms of winning their first ever Big East regular season title. Yep. So if they were to go four and zero, that put them that would put them in a great spot when you look at okay they would be. 21 and two, 11 and one in conference, five games left. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right? That, yeah, that's right. Um, yep. So the hard part's over. I mean, if you're looking, obviously, it's the biggies. You don't want to take anything for granted. But you look at that four game stretch, the two hardest games are Marquette at home at St. John's. Um, so now the Friars got. Georgetown on the road on Sunday. Um, we'll have a preview article out at some point. Um, and then they get to Paul at home, I think the following Saturday. So they yeah, get like a, almost like a yeah. full week off. I'm surprised. I'm surprised they didn't try and I'm, – I'm not – I don't want this, but I'm surprised they didn't put a game in midweek there. No, I know. I, I think it's because those other teams don't can't, – can't do it. Oh, what a shame. I know, big shame. <laughs> you look at UConn, they got like a huge stretch coming up. So, you know, the Friars get the hard part out of the way, and now it's all about taking care of business against Georgetown and DePaul because if you can do that and put your record there, you get five games left. If you split with Nova, I think it's over at that point. Obviously, we'll have to see how some games go. Marquette Villanova is actually tonight as of us recording this. Obviously, the poll will be out later, so we'll know the winner of that by the time this is out. But um, obviously, that's a big critical game for if you look at the standings. But, yeah, if Providence can go finish these next two, you get five left. As long as you don't completely crap on your shoes, and if you just get one of the Nova games, I think it's a wrap. I think the first biggest regular season title will ever be able to. Yeah, we um, we're in the driver's seat, right? Um, especially with these next two games coming up, and Villanova has, I think, two pretty tough ones. They go Marquette and then UConn, right? Correct, hosting UConn. Yep, but still, that's weekend. a tough, tough game, and Marquette's oh, yeah. on the sure. road. I mean, you know, you know, uh, UConn's going to look to get a big win after their loss to Creighton. Oh, which, by the way, I hate to interrupt you, but I want to bring this up. How perfect would it have been if for the cry, the province crier, you know, the blog for you and I, if UConn lost at home to Creighton, which they did. I don't know if people knew that. They did. Uh, yeah. If Georgetown upset Seton Hall and if, uh, if the Friars took care of business on the road, we almost got the trifecta, BOC. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Seton Hall spoiled it for us. Georgetown actually took a lead in the second half. Uh, that would have been amazing for us. I, I would have I, – I don't think I would have stopped trolling. Well, yeah, the thing the, – both UConn and Seen Hall fans, all they talk about is how lucky we are. It's like, just freaking worry about your own team. It's so annoying. Like, just worry about your own team. And, like, the UConn fans, they won't stop talking about Providence. It's like, 
you guys just lost to a Creighton team, which, by the way, their best front court player was out the majority of the game, and you guys still lost ask, him. Yeah. yeah. You guys still lost him. Like, so uh, honestly, maybe, inexcusable game for you, Connie, to lose, especially once that happens. Um, you know, but also, I, I see a lot. Of, I see a lot of Twitter. Um, Twitter interactions with UConn fans. Were they too busy on Twitter to actually be at the game? Yeah, I, that crap. My, how about this? My uncle, who's lived in Connecticut his whole life, is is a UConn guy. But he, yeah. you know, he obviously likes Providence because I went there and everything. Um, he was texting me last night. He was like, it, the, comparing the crowds from. I mean, granted, our game was a Saturday game, but or a Sunday game. But you compare the the Yukon crowd to the Providence crowd. Ooh, it was like a church in there yesterday. But I know just just inexcusable by Yukon, in my opinion, that when Cockbrenner goes down, he is their only rim protector. Okay. Yukon scored 55 points on their home court in, in, in fall 55-59. I mean, that's just unacceptable. Sonogo, like, how does Sonogo go three of ten with, with no one there to stop him? Because <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, he's not as great as everybody thinks he is. Yeah. See, um, here's the thing. I think Sonogo's great. I really like Tyrese Martin. Here's UConn's big problem: their guard play isn't consistent enough. They need their guards to be really good in order to be good. Well, the good thing, is, well, the good thing is uh, R.J. Cole's like a freshman or sophomore. Oh no, never mind. He is out of <laughs> eligibility after this year. Oh, that's uh, that's a shame. Oh, oh shame. Yeah, that's terrible. But yeah, uh, I so, mean, like, like Cole gets like so much love. I think Martin's better than him, quite frankly. I think, dude. I I remember like I said I said I think yeah, you're Martin will end up being. I love Martin. I said he was like an Obi Toppin light. I love him. I think he yeah. is such a good player. I think. The second half of the UConn Providence game, they started running the offense through Martin, and he was working us. Like the fact that they don't make him the focal point of their offense is inexcusable coaching. Um, he's by far their best player, in my opinion. And here's the thing: like Hurley's been resting on his laurels of "Oh, I'm getting all the big recruits, the big recruits." These guys just aren't producing. Like Andre Jackson played 34 minutes, two of 11. He's her- he's horrendous, dude. He, I told you, like, like. Uh, he's a, he's great. No, he's a, no, he's like the he's like the typical AAU player who like just gets away with being a freak athlete and everybody translates that to being a great basketball player, but he doesn't do anything well. Like remember that three he shot at the end of the game last night where he airballed it? Like it sounds weird, but he, he shot it his release started from his hip and it when you're taught at a young age, you never release from that well. You have to keep it up high. And it's just like he's a great athlete, yes, but he he chirps way too much as well. Like there's, if I were him, I would focus on my game more so than talking about the one block I have when I'm missed, when I'm going one of 12 from the floor. Yeah, for sure. And then, like, you, so, like, you look at guys like Jackson, and then, like, Gaffney and Hawkins give them nothing. Hence, Hurley played them 12 minutes combined the other night. Yeah. Um, no, Cook a Cook only played two minutes. Um, yeah, so, like, they, they talk about how loaded they are and all this, yet these guys just aren't performing at a consistent enough level. And, like, Listen, I think at the end of the day, UConn will be fine. They're certainly not going to be this this team that owns the Big East. Or at this point, I mean, at six and three in the league, I think it's going to be tough for them to win the Big East, um, especially with Nova and Province already having big leads on them. Um, we'll see. I mean, obviously, there's still time, but 
man, you couldn't help but smile after that one last night because – and then you got Hurley. Like, I guess he tried to fight a, fight one of his home fans. Like, oh, my yeah, God, classic Hurley. The thing about know. the Hurleys that you got to realize, like, if it's going bad, like, it's a total train wreck. It goes, like, ba- it goes bad quickly. Just look just look at in, uh, in Tempe at Arizona <laughs> yeah, State. Like, Bobby Hurley is having, like, a complete meltdown over there. And if things continue this way, Danny Hurley is going to be right behind him. <laughs> And maybe they can have a podcast together. <laughs> but no, I mean, at the end of the day, I do think UConn will be okay. But that was some funny stuff last night. Um, so, all right. We kind of went on a massive tangent there. But yeah. um, so we take care of business. Also, really quick. One, yeah. I, think there's a, I think there's a greater probability that UConn finishes – in the six through eleven range in the Big East, and they finish in the top three. Interesting take. Which is there's I'm three sure, right now, right? I'm I'm sure they're uh, yeah I, I know uh, I'm sure their fans will be thrilled with that. Yeah, and I mean you you're kind of setting yourself up there, BOC, because like if they do a sniff better than that, they're gonna be, be like you idiot. <laughs> They'll be in fifth, being like this guy's a jackass. UConn's going all the way. Five seed. Here yeah. we go. MSG. We own the yeah. building. Yeah. Oh, you. By the way, you know that. You know, no matter what happens the rest of the way, they're going to say RJ Cole's going to have his Kemba and Shabazz moment. That's oh, yeah. that is going to be the blueprint, no matter what. Yeah, because I mean, I don't know if you know this by by now, but like Kemba Walker, big time run title. Uh, Shabazz Napier, big time run from the guard position title. James Booknight. Big time run as a guard, title. Oh, oh wait, nope. They lost a rebuilding Maryland team last year, who just fired their coach this year. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're totally right. I mean, that that will happen. Um, but all right, BLC, let's get to the task at hand before we get out of here. Uh, Providence, Georgetown. We'll have the preview up. If PC gets this win, gets the 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 Paul win. It, we're going to get – what do you think? Like, I think we're going to get – I think we're going to do it. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. So I think the thing going for us is that one guy screwed up the not ranked, uh, Rab Johns or whatever his name is. So he said we, he, we were going to be 14 in his original, but something got screwed up. Um, so we're going to get that bump there, even if we – we're going to get a bump regardless from him, even if we lose, because he's going to put us somewhere as opposed to not ranked. We'll get a bump there. Um, but if we win, uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I'll just to piss us off. I said, we'll, say we'll be at 11. Yeah. <laughs> the I 11 seed 20 and two team. Yeah. If you think about it, it's going to be tough to like rank them, but um, you know, Georgetown, it's going to, I believe Georgetown doesn't play until Sunday. Right. I don't know. Which kind of sucks. Oh no, they got they got the Johnnies on Thursday. Interesting. Okay, I, I did not know that. Huh? Maybe they can get their first biggest win. I would really appreciate that if they could just get the first biggest win out of the way. Just because, like, uh, I don't know. I, I will tell you this: in our preview article, I will not succumb to being like. Well, Georgetown doesn't have a Big East win. I don't know. This scares me. Yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm, I think I'm done with that. I think those yeah. days are done. Yeah. 
Fair enough. <laughs> but uh, obviously, you're going to want to limit the threes, take care of the basketball. Yes. I mean, the first game we won by, I think it was, I was just looking a couple minutes ago. I think we won by eight the first game. Um, let me take a look really quick. Sorry. We won by eight the first game, but the reason why we only, yeah, we won by eight, 83, 75. The only reason why we won only by eight is because they shot 57% from three and it wasn't like a small number. They made 13 of 23 threes. So I don't expect them to go 57% from three again. If we can limit that to, <laughs> they're a good, good three point shooting team. If we can limit that to 35 to 40%, I think we should win, you know, by double digits comfortably, but who, who the heck knows? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you this, though. It's kind of funny. Now I'm looking at the Georgetown Senal box score. This this Rice guy, like, I feel like I've never seen him miss. Caden Rice. Dude, dude he, went, he went five of seven from three against us. Against and, us. Yeah. and every single one wasn't – every single one was nothing but net. It was bottom. Yeah, dude. Like, this guy is a pure sniper. Um I mean, he only went four of 11 against Seton Hall, but yeah, five, five, seven against us, three of five against. He played at Citadel. He played at Citadel. I didn't know that. Wow. You don't hear that often. And his, you know, what's really interesting. His career three point percentage is 35%, but that's inflated by this year. He has 40% this year. The next highest he ever had in his career was his sophomore year at 36%. So he's it's like he found Georgetown and now he knows how to really stroke it because anything above 40 you're considered a sniper. Yeah. So yeah, I mean the, the team can shoot the leather off the ball. So while I say I agree with you, they won't do as well. Still gotta watch out. They're a good three-point shooting team. You get you gotta do your work there. Yeah, just don't just like don't run don't run under picks. Make them make them you know run them off the three point line, and I think we'll be okay. All right, all right. So there you have it. Um, I think some final closing thoughts here. I just want to hit two, if you don't mind me. Um, the one shitty thing about the St. John's game last night was the fact that it was on nine, at nine. I couldn't see the Texas Texas Tech game. Yeah, the return of Chris Beard. Uh, Texas Tech wins by. I believe a dozen um, wasn't really a competitive game. The atmosphere seemed crazy for like the brief moments I had flipped it on. Um, what are your thoughts on like, should the fans been that upset at Beard? Um, so I don't know. I don't know the background as well as they do. So I'll, have you out I'll quickly that. tell you, he yeah. did. He was a manager at Texas in college. Okay. okay. So it's his own mind, but in-conference rival, in-state rival, goes to Texas Tech, takes Texas Tech to the final. He gets paid a big old raise, making him the third highest paid coach in CBB. Yeah. Two years later, he bolts for Texas. I don't. I personally don't see any issues with it. Um, it's He's going back to where he went to school. He did something for Texas Tech that, that's never been done before. Um, I get like he probably didn't leave on the best of terms. Um, so I, I can appreciate that, but like without him, they never would have gotten there. So you can be mad at him, but also like, don't burn bridges. Like you never know what happens with Texas. <laughs> I mean, that, I, I, that's a good point. You know? So here's my thing. Like, I think at the end of the day, I don't blame him for leaving. I, he, I do think he is a sellsword. Just look at the guy's career, like yeah. assistant, 
takes the University of Arkansas Little Rock job. They go 30 and five. He goes to the tournament. I think they win a game in the tournament. That was the tournament where Providence played Raleigh, where I was I was there. But um, you know, so he goes there, bolts for UNLV. I don't know if you remember this part, takes the UNLV job. Two weeks later, Texas Tech opens up, quits the UNLV job, takes a Texas Tech job. That's like so like that's like dating a that's like dating a girl who was cheating on her boyfriend with you. Like you know what's gonna happen. He's gonna do the same thing to you. Yeah. Like you can't be surprised. No, so uh, so, so my thing is like I, I Texas, I'm just all for I'm just all for the chaos and like pitchforks and like ah kill him. I just uh, think it makes it seem to be fun. Huh? We're thinking just be like it's just kind of like a small time program. Like the uh, this guy Mark Adams, who I, I I'm so confused by him, but Mark Adams or whatever his name is Mark Adams, he has them doing amazing. Like maybe you should just be happy with your team. Yeah, our, our buddy O'Rourke calls him the, the chairman of the Fed. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he does. Yeah, he looks. He like literally just looks like a businessman, like a financial. Yeah, should guy. be my account. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, then the other thing, uh, one of the big stories from Tuesday night, um, a game played in the crappy ACC, uh, Louisville with their new interim coach, um, hosted UNC, a team that's, by the way, BLC, I swear to God, if UNC is a high, high rate, I, I, I was thinking, I was thinking about, I was thinking about this on my run. I could absolutely see us being, say things keep going like we expected. We were a two seed, and they're either a seven or a ten. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that would that would suck. Like I, I'd be so furious. Or maybe just take down the dragon finally. It'd be nice. That'd be real nice. Cotton couldn't yeah. do it. Pental Dunn couldn't do it. Could the balanced lucky team do it? Who knows? But anyway, I think they could. So. UNC actually really needs the win because if you look at their resume, they really haven't been anyone of notice really at all, all season long. And a loss to Louisville would have hurt them big time. Um, but so that game goes to overtime. And I saw this, someone had a sick video of this and I shared a tweet in our group. Sidney Rice got called for one of the worst fouls I think I've ever seen in college basketball. Like he gets just bodied by Baycott. Who like base and I love Baker, but like who like throwing his arms at, at the guy's face and like clearly fouls him, and he gets the ball and he's like all fired up. He's like, yes, like I got fouled because like going for the ball and this guy couldn't stop me, and like he gets the bad news. Like, dude, how do you call a foul on Sidney Rice on that or whatever his last name was on that play? Like that is bad. That's one of the worst calls that I've ever seen. Yeah. That, that's worse than the Bryce Aiken thing, dude. Uh, I don't know. No, no. It is, not, it is not worse than that. I think it is. I think it is. Uh, whatever. Uh, I mean, both both teams aren't really going anywhere. Yeah. But uh, – I'm, right. I'm not taking the bait, by the way. No, I know. Um, I wasn't actually – I was going to just leave it as the call sucked. I wasn't trying to – you know, troll the fact that, that you do have your cheat team is UNC. I have a cheat team too. It's Kansas. Granted, Providence really doesn't play Kansas like in the tournament like UNC does, but hey, that's okay. Yeah, that's just not fair to me, by the way. Like how many yeah, times yeah. have we played them? How many times have we played them in tournament? 
since we you and I started following Providence like four times, three times. Yeah, something like that. It's crazy. It sucks. It's not yeah, fair. So, yeah, no, it really is. Um, but um, yeah, do I got anything else for us? No, I don't think I do. You got anything? No, I'm good. It's gonna be nice to kick back, put my feet up, and just watch hoops for the next uh, what five days before our next game. Yeah, and then you know, six days after that. Um, that's why we want to get this out early so it could marinate a little bit, you know. We uh, take care of business. We take care of business Sunday, and we're just like in cruise control. It's fantastic, dude. Twenty? Could you imagine twenty and two? We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yep. So that that's it for us. Once again, uh, follow along the blog, theprovincecrier.com. Follow me on Twitter. That's at provincecrier. He's at boc all day. We'll catch you later, Fireton. See you guys. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way about a hoop, eh? Cross over, I might go to LEU. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school. PC, you know we on go, eh? Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, eh? Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Ho, eh? I'm the alpha dog, Diallo. They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage. And he see me bumping, so we gon' let him have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop